0: it's time to update the list of needs for the san francisco 49ers for phase two of free agency the nfl draft coming up on today's episode of locked on 49ers you are locked on 49ers your daily san francisco 49ers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Croc's been doing a lot of liftings, a little, little swole, a little sore over there. If you're watching this sore. on the, the live YouTube here, you can tell, man, Croc's been putting in the work. We Appreciate you, everybody uh, that's uh, watching us every day, making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Nissan and the new Nissan Aria. Uh, You got to check out the new vehicle, the new EV from Nissan, the 2023 Nissan Aria, all new, all electric, the EV for people who love to drive. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. So, Croc, as it pertains to the San Francisco 49ers, free agents here, and uh, what the 49ers have done, I don't think we have to completely go through Oh, here we go aponte in the chat it was a there's a there's a bracket there's a bracket out there that i think uh rob guerrero put out for uh 49ers media members and man got Croc and i facing off in the first round of the 49ers media bracket that's a that's a rough pull thanks uh Thanks to Ponte for pointing that one out. That's a tough one for our listeners, man. Then, and, and look, and it, it just means Croc, uh, to be honest with you, I think we should have been. You're one seed in the South, clearly. I'm like, I don't know, way down the list of seeds in the West. Uh, but when are we should have been separate regionals, so we had an opportunity to battle potentially in the championship game. But now that's not going to happen.
1: I, I think we should have been one. I feel like you don't get Peacock without Croc. You don't get Croc without Peacock. They should have just put Peacock. And that's I right. think. Uh, uh that that would have worked better i i don't i don't like battling against my uh co-host
0: <laughs> i don't either but uh a, a, an easy path to the to the to the elite eight for either one of us that get through round one in my opinion i haven't really looked at, at who else is on the list i just saw that and thought it was funny that crock and i are battling uh in uh in in the bracket in in the opening round that's like marquette versus gonzaga <laughs> um let's see so did you do it real quick did uh, you do it did you do a bracket I used to do one every single year, like multiple. I'd have one at work. I'd have one with this group of friends, have one with some people over here. And, and I just like pandemic crushed a lot of stuff for me. I'm in so much, so many fewer fantasy leagues. So I, I I don't even do a bracket. I don't think I did a bracket last year. Didn't do a bracket this year. I was kind of surprised because I knew it was coming. I didn't know that the games were starting today. And I was like, Oh, here we go. The tournament's on. Okay. Uh, Cause I might've, I might've done a bracket, but I needed like in a couple extra days. Cause I wasn't even prepared for it to start today. That's how out of the loop I am. I'm so locked into look. And this happens every year with me Croc too. And I talk about it during draft season. I fill my head with 250 new names and this dome does not have a lot of space in it so i got that means i got to remove other stuff and things like fantasy baseball gets starts to get erased baseball prospects and old phone numbers and old friends and um things that my wife told me i'm supposed to do next week you know just like a new draft prospect comes in the dome something else has to leave to make room for it
1: yeah my my wife made me put together a bracket for her and i'm like i don't do brackets like i just never have so i finally did one today and what do you know? Virginia goes down first round. Whoop, whoop, your, your, your bracket's done. It's over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Um, it's, uh, look, when when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers, Croc, and the the, the work that's been done so far this offseason, how do you feel right now? Because, look, because in the title I put updated roster needs for the San Francisco 49ers post-free agency. I feel like free agency is kind of over almost. Do you get that vibe from the 49ers? We're we're one day into the new league year. I don't think the 49ers fans out there should expect a lot more in free agency. I think first and foremost,
1: people, you got to identify what is free agency for? And I was actually in the space for the first time in a long time, maybe since football season. And, uh, you know, there was a guy, shout out to my guy, uh, Serski, but he was a little upset because the 49ers weren't making splashier moves. And I'm like, dude, The the splashy moves aren't for a team like the 49ers. The 49ers only have so many kind of voids that they truly need to fill and maybe, like, upgrade at, right? Maybe you could say offensive tackle, and I know we'll get to that. But I I really like what they've done so far because now you look on paper, right? And, of course, paper, you don't don't play the games on paper. You play the games in person. But if you look on paper, this team is – Pretty good. I mean and with the one move with Hargraves and what that did to the defense, adding now Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, uh Hargraves, and then whoever else is the edge on the other side. Hopefully it's Drake Jackson. But you know, you, you got some other guys that you brought back. I like the depth that they have on the defensive line with Givens. You you went Out and you got the kid out of Clemson uh, from the the former first round pick by the uh, fourth overall pick by the Raiders uh, to play at defensive end as well Uh, you got Jordan Willis back you just got some guys where it's like okay we got some depth then you get to the next level you still have probably the best linebacker tandem in the NFL you got an all pro at safety in Tylenol Hufanga you got uh, Gibson he's a takeaway machine you got Javarius Ward he's pretty damn good at the cornerback position and then it's like I mean do you want like a superstar at every single position I think so far what they've done in free A Agency, especially on the defensive side of the ball, which is what they hang their hat on. I think that this team is in a really good place. Now, are they better? We'll see. You when you lose Aminu and you lose uh, 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 Ebukam, I mean, those, those are big losses. Right, just because of you knew what you were getting from them, not high volume sack guys, not world beaters, but they were they were just good football players. I think that's what the, makes the 49ers go. Now you got to figure out, like, hey, who's going to be that, like, those two good football players that we replaced those guys with. But overall, I think the 49ers are in a really good spot after that first weekend free agency.
0: Defensive line, I think, is better. I think the defensive line is better. And, and defensive tackle specifically, I think they're kind of done. That was one of our biggest needs. That was, I think, the second pick in our mock draft that we did last week pre-free agency, Croc, I had the 49ers going with a defensive tackle with that second pick in the third round. You've got Hargrave, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw still around. Uh, T.Y. McGill added back to the list. Kevin Givens was re-signed. So that's five right there. They've got Kalia Davis, who had a, was a redshirt rookie last year. That's six defensive tackles. You only usually break camp with 10 defensive linemen. So that doesn't leave much room for much else. And when you've got already three really solidified defensive ends, maybe there's one more space for a defensive lineman. Uh, you know, if everybody stays healthy throughout camp, which you never know what's going to happen there. But I think the shopping at defensive tackles is pretty well done. They've got a deep group there now
1: really deep, and I think that's where they want to kind of hang their hat on. We kind of poked the fun at Kyle Shanahan. I don't even want to say fun. I guess I was a little kind of frustrated early on with the offense and, and lack of production, lack of offense, and it's like Kyle Shanahan just felt like he was very passive on the offense side of the ball and kind of made it to where, hey, defense, you have to go out and win the games, right? And that's what it looked like early on. And I think right now they're kind of gearing up to – for the defense to be able to carry them if need be. Like, that that's what they're trying to do, if need be. Now, we saw it down the stretch, but especially when uh, Brock Purdy was in that quarterback, we saw a big time increase in points per game. I think it was averaging, what, 34 points a game? Like, that was amazing. Uh, so, if 49ers can get that kind of protection out of the offense whenever Brock Purdy comes back or whoever's at quarterback, that would definitely be beneficial. But right now, it looks like that defensive line, if healthy, is gonna be pretty dang good.
0: So defensive tackle is a need that I think you can take away. You can take it off the list. It doesn't mean that they won't draft one defensive tackle with, uh, with with the the number of draft picks that the 49ers have. We don't know what Kalia Davis is yet. Maybe he's a guy who never really impacts he was, you know, he's a sixth round pick, so he wasn't an early pick or anything like that. He had a redshirt year. We'll see what kind of player he turns out to be. Javon Kinlaw is clearly not in the long-term plans after they signed Javon Hargrave. is even in the short-term plans Do so they trade him before the season even starts, before the draft potentially. Uh, so I don't know what's going on with, with Javon uh, Kinlaw necessarily, but clearly he's at best the number three tackle on the 49ers going into the season so there could be some changes there but defensive tackle was a big need that need has has been mostly erased I'm looking at center the 49ers bringing back Jake Brendel Uh, that's a big one I think some offensive line needs are still there obviously offensive tackle would would be a need after losing Mike McGlinchey in free agency and probably becomes need number one would you fight me crock if I said need number one Offensive tackle for the San Francisco 49ers, not only immediate need, potentially at right tackle to compete with Colton McKivitts, um, and, and whoever else gets an opportunity, Jalen Moore, and maybe even uh, Burford has an opportunity to move out to tackle. But then, you know, we might only have one year left of Trent Williams, who knows how long. That could be a couple years, could be one year. Maybe the 49ers know, maybe they don't know yet what his intentions are for the rest of his career. Maybe Trent Williams himself doesn't know yet, but he contemplated it at least retirement this offseason. So we know that's at some point on the horizon for Trent Williams. So offensive tackle is obviously a need for the 49ers, and I'd probably have to put that at one. And I think it was – you know, we projected it to be the top need with Mike McGlinchey leaving, and I think it still is for the 49ers.
1: That's got to be the biggest need because that's the one position, right? We just talked, talked a lot about defense, and you can kind of hide guys or put them in positions consistently to where it's like, hey, they do well with doing this. I think we talked about that yesterday. Put guys in positions to be successful. Well, at the offensive tackle position, you can't hide. And the only way to really help you is to take away from other parts of your offense, with guys like George Kittle, leaving him in the block. And the 49ers have kind of done that from time to time. So you got a right tackle issue or kind of a hole in your offense there. It kind of limits, one, some of these you could do how you have to drop back and pass, you know, having to leave extra protection in there just to get off a pass. What does that do for defenses? Does it hurt them? You'll have less guys out for passes. I mean, all of those things really affects you. So you got to hammer home that right tackle position and make sure you have a guy that you're confident that you could just run an offense with, especially for a team that wants to do so much play action. You can't do play action, turn your back to a defense, and then next thing you know, your right tackle just gets whooped and then your quarterback turns around. And what happens kind of what it looked like in the Eagles game, right? Not even just the Brock Purdy one when they try to leave in Tyler Croft to block uh, the edge rusher, but when uh, uh, and I'm blanking on his name right now, kid uh, out of Temple, drafted by Arizona, edge rusher uh, Reddick, Reddick, Hassan yeah. Reddick. So, Hassan Reddick, when uh, Josh Johnson play action turns around, next thing he knows. Redick is right there taking the ball away from him as he's taking him to the ground. I mean, like, you, So you have to have somebody to be able to protect that right tackle. Every, everybody always talks about left tackle and how important that is. I think right tackle is equally as important now.
0: So current need at right tackle, maybe future need at right tackle, maybe future need at left tackle. I think left tackle clearly need number one for the San Francisco 49ers right now going forward, even if they do have a plan with current players to compete at those spots and and feel like they're covered this year. It's a future need as well. And sometimes players, as we know, in the NFL draft, you draft them for years in the future, not necessarily for their rookie years, especially when you're talking about the 49ers not having to pick until the third round. It's hard to project those guys into day one starters. Uh, next, what are the what are the rest of the needs look like for the 49ers tied in back up to uh, I've seen this in the chat already today back up to it's a good tight end class back up to George Kittle potentially needed for the San Francisco 49ers are they're, they're clearly shopping there I think based on some of the meetings they've had with prospects so far of uh, linebacker. Uh, Defensive end, defensive back, corner, safety. What do the 49ers need most now that we've seen the beginning and maybe even possibly most of the end of free agency in 2023? Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by Bilch Bar, Bilge Bar March, (laughs) Bilch Madness, Built Bar March Madness. And the bracket is here. It's bracket mania right now, man. And uh, we know you have a favorite bar or puff. If you listen to this podcast and you've purchased Built bars, I'm sure you have a favorite. I have my favorite, it's peanut butter. Crocs got his favorite, which is in the the puff family. And now it's your time to make it count. Go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorites. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked-on listeners will get a free box of built bars not only that but one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to built to have built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door you gotta try built built are the best protein bars ever seriously they're so amazing you won't think they're good for you but they are healthy is tasty with built bars and what makes built bars and built puffs so good well for starters they're covered in 100 real chocolate but high protein, low sugar, low calories. That is the combination you are looking for. So run to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. All right, Croc. um, I I want you to talk for a second about how you feel about the defensive backfield now. With the loss of Jimmy Ward, the loss of... Isaiah Oliver. I would argue that DB, whether it be corner or safety,
1: the, the still... loss of Emmanuel Manuel.
0: Emmanuel. Uh, Emmanuel I mean
1: Emmanuel Mosley. <laughs>
0: Emmanuel Mosley is a loss, and I think it's a big loss. Um, and do the time change is killing me now with this with this recording. the The sun's blasting me right now, so I gotta go. I gotta go close the close the the blinds while you while you speak on the DBs and tell me if you think maybe even the number two need still for the 49ers is somewhere in the defensive backfield.
1: You know, I think the thing that I'm going to be like most interested to see is how much confidence the San Francisco 49ers have in Amador Lenore being the legit starter from day one, right? Like heading into OTAs, heading into training camp, heading into the regular season week one, you know, our guy is Diamador Lenore. Uh, we watched Amador Lenore's play. It had been up and down just a little bit there. I thought he played well as a reserve man. And that's how I viewed Diamondor Lenore. I viewed him through the eyes of this was not your planned starter to begin the season. It was Emmanuel Mosley and Traverius Ward. So once once uh, uh, D'Amado Lenore got in, for me, it was more so a bonus if he played well. And I thought he played well and then something started not going his way against the Washington Commanders. He got bombed on a few times. I think one got called back. Uh, he didn't play great against the Las Vegas Raiders, right? But then postseason comes and you see the Amador Lenore have multiple takeaways in the postseason. So how do they view him? Is he a day one starter? Or hey, we love him as our CB3, but we're still hopefully trying to identify that long that that legit starter on the outside. Because that's what Mosley was, that's what Ward is.
0: I would say backup long-term safety. Tashawn Gibson's on a one-year deal. So developing a, a starting safety. In the future, you might want to get in front of that need. Draft a guy now for later, just like they did with Hufanga in the fifth round. So I think safety is clearly a need, and I think corner is still a need. A question for me, Croc, is where Oliver is going to line up. If he's he played his best as a slot, so if you got Womack battling with Oliver in the slot, and both of them can maybe provide some depth outside, maybe outside corner is more of a need. For depth if, if you're if you're if you feel good and you're done in the slot uh, is Oliver sort of a, a jack of all trades where maybe he'll even play some safety play some slot play some outside corner Uh, and then you're just then to me it's just like DB is the need so is it corner is it safety or is it just best defensive back available at some point in the draft if the guy's there
1: it sounds like he'd be best defensive back available
0: yeah I feel the same way so for me right now that might be two would you put the need for maybe an edge rusher ahead of a defensive back then after, after offensive tackle.
1: I'm always going to go edge right now. Is it a bigger need? Again, I, I believe strongly in player development. And when you look at Jackson, I'm going to probably go back to this throughout the offseason, Everybody's going to be clamoring to go get a guy, uh, a Jadavion Clowney, right? And I look at Clowney. What does that do to the development of Drake Jackson? Because it's going to take snaps away from him, having a guy like Clowney out there. So I, I would hope that with more playing time, with a legit offseason, Drake Jackson can be the guy that everybody wants to be—that edge rushing guy—and it won't be a need. But if you let's say hypothetically speaking, man, he comes back from you know uh, offseason, he looks the same, plays the same, strength is the same, and it's like ah, you know, he could play, but maybe he's going to be just a rotation piece. Then not always lean uh, defensive line, especially edge rusher over secondary.
0: All right, next, we got to hash out the rest of it. I think linebacker is in there. Tight end is in there. How could this look for the 49ers attacking their needs the rest of the way? Could there still be a veteran, a a name that we all recognize, an NFL household name that could be joining the San Francisco 49ers in free agency next? Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. It is March Madness crazy, brackets galore. You can bet on every game. You can bet on props on every game of the NCAA tournament at FanDuel. And, of course, the NBA season getting really close to the playoffs there as well. It's a really fun time of year in the spring. Major League Baseball getting going. And it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlays. So don't miss the chance to win your no-sweat first bet or get $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to Fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanDuel.com slash locked on. To learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, crack Linebacker. Demetrius Flanagan Foles gone. Aziz Al-Shair is gone. Uh, Demetrius Flanagan Foles just wasn't tendered a uh, restricted free agent contract. They could still bring him back. Um, it's 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 interesting that they re-signed all of their restricted free agents rather than doing the the ten playing the tender game with those guys. So Colton Kivitz back and uh exclusive rights free agent, not restricted free agent technically was Juwan Jennings. Um there was one more that I'm blanking on that the 49ers brought back as a restricted uh, oh yeah Kevin Givens was the other brought back on a two year deal instead of extending the the normal tender offer. So it's something the 49ers have done in the past and something that they they like to do and decided not to tender a restricted free agent offer to Demetrius Flanagan Foles. So they do have some players in linebacker, but I think linebacker becomes a need as well. Drake Greenlaw has been a player who's, uh, you know, been, he's had some injuries during his career. And that, that, that is a really strong position. It's, they've got a really strong group of two starters there. Who's going to be your third starter at linebacker and do the 49ers need some competition? Offensive tackle one DB two. Is linebacker three, Kroc?
1: Uh, It's tough because you look at some of the injuries and Greenlaw has missed games. He has. I mean, sometimes for an extended period of time and for whatever reason. And sometimes he just, I think you have to kind of like reel him in a little bit, sit him down, like, all right, Greenlaw, like settle down just a little bit and then put him back out there. Um, If he is out for a game or so, which we have seen over the last couple of years, then you are going to need linebacker unless you're just that confident in the ball kit but i i I love what they have at linebacker i was talking to my buddies in the group chat today i'm like man you know the the 49ers have probably the best linebacker crew in the nfl i feel confident with saying that and if they're not the best i mean top three because of how good Warner and Greenlaw play off of each other. I mean, they play extremely well. They both bring that fire, that tenacity on a play-to-play basis. But, you know, obviously, adding a guy won't hurt. I think they've done a really good job of identifying guys that fit. Uh, I think we probably said, we said in the past, find a guy that played safety in college, right? A a big guy that was maybe versatile. And then uh, you could probably plug him in at linebacker for the 49ers and he could do well. So they identify those guys uh, very well. I'd say they have to add somebody though, because they don't have any higher picks uh, where they kind of poured those type of resources into that position. Most of these other guys have been uh, reserve guys. Even Flanagan Fowles, who did resign today, but even him coming back, uh, Aziz. I mean, these were guys that you know not really like drafted or anything. I, I missed the the.
0: DFF signing. I missed the, the Foles re-signing. It must have happened while I was uh, out to an early dinner with the fam. So so good on that. So Foles is back. There's no numbers yet on that one. I'm looking at the uh, the most updated list I can find. Uh, in the chat, it was asked if we have numbers yet on Isaiah Oliver's contract. It was a two-year deal, and that has like, become not a thing anymore. I wonder if the Isaiah Oliver contract is up in the air because it was a two-year deal looking at uh, Spotrack numbers here yesterday and then now it says not available for what um for how many years it is and there's still no dollars to it but we do have a dollar amount to cleveland Farrell's one-year contract 2.5 million dollars so that's on that's on the budget side of things for someone who could play a role for the san francisco 49ers so i I do like the cleveland Farrell deal and that's you know that's close to free for a player who was drafted as highly as he was to come in and they could play a role for the 49ers and currently the third you know the third defensive end on the team maybe the second defensive one end on the team depending on how some some things go with Drake Jackson's uh, second year although i am expecting a lot out of out of Drake Jackson but look demetrius fanning Foles hasn't played a big role for the 49ers and whatever dollar amount he was brought in for that's the 49ers telling you that it was less than what they were going to tender him as a restricted free agent so he's not guaranteed a roster spot marcelino mccurry ball's not guaranteed a roster spot I think Oren Burks is probably the third linebacker that's actually got a a a real lock on a lost roster spot because of his special teams ability I don't know if the 49ers just say well he's our third linebacker and we're good there I would still even with DFF coming back for the 49ers I would still put linebacker up there and potentially still keep that as the uh, as a need that especially with all the picks the 49ers have and how good they are at drafting and developing linebackers they're going to pluck one in the draft at some point might not be round three but Round five, six, seven, they're going to pull a linebacker out of this draft. Uh,
1: To back up just a little bit, you talked about the cornerback position and kind of maybe adding guys there. I see in the chat a lot of people throwing out the name Marcus Peters. And I think from a play style perspective, he fits. He's he's an off-coverage guy, terrific with his eyes, kind of uh, being able to take calculated risk. It it could burn him at times, but uh, definitely a big play waiting to happen. Just not sure exactly which way, but uh, he definitely takes the ball away. Why I don't think he's a fit is because of the personality. I mean, the, the Kyle, they, they like certain guys. And Marcus Peters, he's a little different. And, and I think it takes a different type of coach to be like, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're good with Marcus Peters coming over here. And, you know, how he is, I'm, I'm good with that. Uh, we'll, We know how to manage that. We have this guy for that. Kyle is very no-nonsense type guy. So the moment Marcus Peters does some Marcus Peters stuff, uh, and as smart as he is, I hear he's extremely smart on the field. He knows defensive, like student of the game, all that. But just his personality, I think that could clash with how Kyle is, who's more so of a control freak, and he wants you to be a very specific way. And I, I don't know if Kyle will let Marcus Peters just be Mike, Marcus Peters.
0: You know what John Lynch would say about the 49ers' free agency period, Croc? I think we ain't done yet. <laughs> that's what you say about it. I don't all these names I'm seeing in the chat um Julio Jones and Quan Alexander some people are thrown out there as, as maybe the third linebacker Marcus Peters uh, Justin Houston's another name I've seen if those guys are willing to take a big discount and maybe these are signings even in the summer post draft the 49ers don't really get what they want in the draft uh, they, they would have to come at such a discount. you saw what the numbers were 2.5 million dollars for Cleveland Farrell that's where the 49ers are shopping right now. T.Y. McGill, I don't know what he signed for, but it's not going to be a lot of money. The 49ers are in the bargain aisle right now. That That's just where they are. Uh, I, I would be shocked if they bring somebody in that, that costs more than $5 million a year. And none of these guys that, that have a name attached to them, they might take a short-term contract, but I just don't think it's going to be short and cheap at the same time.
1: We, we've been focusing a lot on defense. We did talk about the offensive tackle position, but – there is a certain guy out there at the receiver position that is available, and not Julio Jones, but Odell Beckham. And I just saw him today post to his Instagram page, and it was like you know, kind of, kind of highlights. You know, you know how they put together the the, the film from his workout and things like that. I'm Like, damn, it looks like Odell. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it excites me. I always, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Odell. I mean, there was a time where it's like Odell is my favorite player in the league. I would rush home because oh man, Odell Beckham is going to be on like, and I don't do that for a lot of NFL players, but it's like, man, I want to watch Odell. So I know he's not that, but he looked he looked good. I mean, he was uh, in and out of his breaks. I mean, he was he looked very fluid, not stiff at all. I mean, the hands looked the same, and he was catching the ball, making moves on the air. It it, it was just it was good to see. So I don't know what he's going to demand. I saw something floating out there saying he wants twenty million a year. That's BS. Oh, they, look, no, nobody that has to hold their own private workout is demanding 20 million. That that's them saying, look, like I, I can still play guys. So somebody just come and throw something at me. Throw a little something at me, please. Uh, but hopefully the 49ers, because I, I I like that. I like that. Put them in the I,
0: mix. I'm not looking at the numbers right now, but what what would you guess when was the last time Odell played a full season? Like 2019?
1: Sure. If if that, right. I feel like yeah. every year he like missed a game.
0: Yeah, you know it's funny. Uh, the 49ers, by the way, were at his workout. They were one of I think twelve teams at Odell's workout, reportedly. Um, I I've only seen like five clips from Odell's workout. All different catches, all one hand. Did he just catch every ball <laughs> with one hand during his whole workout? That's what you looked.
1: watch him again. He, his late his latest on you know Instagram Reels, all right. But his late, latest post, uh, you see a lot more than just the one. That one-handed catches, but those those are there too, and that's hard. Yeah, you know, I, I play around with these kids all the time, and I catch balls with one hand and stuff. And how he does it, I, I can never do that. It's like he catches like like uh, like that. Like I can catch it one hand like that. If you throw it out there and I go and catch it like this, you know, I can I can do that. But he like he can catch it Over. like that. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. that's
0: this way versus this way is different. He's yeah,
1: that's, you gotta have different type of hands to do that. Yeah, and he yeah. had ten inch hands coming yeah. out of college, so
0: that's key. Uh, real quick with the linebacker, Sofalo Verdades says, Deion Henley, he looks like a 49er. Maybe they are targeting him in the draft. I think he's a perfect fit. Out of Washington State, if there's two linebackers right now I'm looking at for the 49ers, it's Deion Henley from Washington State and Sac State's own Marte Mapu. Those are the two guys I'm looking at for the 49ers linebacker mid-round types of guys um undersized fast you know that that prototype that the 49ers have utilized and done really well with in the draft um yeah keep a strength of strength and you don't have to spend a lot on it you got a lot of draft picks i think 49ers are gonna add some competition to that linebacker three uh area of their football team and how about the tight end two area of the football team i probably? think that's 49ers. that's
1: probably the most underrated
0: yeah. Need. They've been kind of looking for that. They brought in two tight ends last year in camp, veteran guys. Croft was one of them. He's still a free agent out there unsigned. Um Jordan still, Reed the year before. Yeah, the Jordan Reed. The Jordan Matthews has been trying to do the conversion to to tight end, then got hurt, and that's not really worked out great. Um they drafted, you know, Welly keeps just like he's he's almost become the offensive version of uh, Johnson Johnson. Dante Johnson, where it's like you know they keep bringing in guys and he's still like no, I'm still the second best guy. So you got to keep trying if you're going to find someone to beat me out. Um, Charlie Warner, they brought in. He's supposed to be like you know blocking specialist, try hard guy, and he's just not really taken off with the 49ers. So um, I don't know what. But see expect. that's what
1: they do, right? They they and again they identify guys and they, and they get some guys that play a very specific role. But sometimes like bro, go get the go get the freak. Go get the guy that 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 can do some freakish things for you. And oh, what do you know? He's actually a special talent. Like, especially at tight end. Like tight end, you can find those guys. And I think they lean a little too heavy on like Charlie Warner. When he was coming out, it was very clear like this is a blocking tight end. And he can give you a you know, he'll he'll catch a few passes. (laughs) But he he was a blocking tight end type guy. Right, like well, that, that, that was kind of
0: what that was what George Kittle was so I think they tried to they, they, they tried to see if lightning would strike twice in that regard A guy who was like block first blocked well but had some athleticism maybe there's more maybe there's more to his receiving game in the NFL once we coach him up and give him the opportunity and just throw more balls his way happened with with Kittle the 2017 draft didn't quite turn out the same way with Charlie Warner but this draft class is the best since 2017. And and I think it's the perfect opportunity to strike again at tight end and see if you can find one of those guys in in the mid-rounds. And there's going to be talent at tight end from round three, probably all the way through round seven where the 49ers are drafting. Um, By the way, here, so I gave you a couple names at tight end. Here's a name at – or I gave you a couple names at linebacker. Here's a name at tight end to look out for. He might be there in the seventh round. I have no idea how long he's going to go. But the 49ers did a lot of work at Toledo when they drafted Womack. There's a tight end by the name of Turner out of Toledo. Big tight end, athleticism, go watch him. Got a feeling about him as a, as a late-round guy for the 49ers. But it's another draft where I think a lot of talent at the top could push some players down to where the 49ers are drafting. Maybe they find themselves another George Kittle in the mid-round. So tight end, clearly, I think, in the top five of needs. And, and like I said with linebacker, be surprised the 49ers don't come out of the draft with a tight end. Not exactly sure where that is, where need will meet value in the draft for the 49ers at tight end. But we got to talk about one more position group. If we're we're putting together our top five, so right now we've got offensive tackle, DB, linebacker, and tight end. Would you, would that be the order for you, or tight end ahead of linebacker? Edge? I oh, tight
1: end. I would edge. say tight end ahead of linebacker.
0: So hold on, I I forgot about edge. So it's it's offensive tackle, edge, Croc, or DB.
1: No, I don't. I don't think edge. Not edge at all. Yeah, and I don't think edge because again, I believe in player development. So okay. I, I believe in like, you, you got to see it with Drake, Drake Jackson, but I'm not just going to like, Hey, I got to Unless you're drafting in the first round or you're going to sign this big time guy at edge. Like, all right, Cool. But if you're just going to throw bodies at a position, which they're likely going to do from here on out, uh, and with no high draft picks, I don't, I don't think you're going to just find somebody that's just, Oh man, like this guy's guaranteed to play over Drake Jackson.
0: Right? No, you're just adding competition to the room. But right now, uh, there's what three ends on the team that mm. I think are guaranteed a roster spot. One of them's on a one-year deal. So uh, there's room for a, an end there. And so I think edge is, is top three for me. And it's just such a valuable position and you've got to kind of draft those guys when they're there for you on the board. Um, maybe you could take some swings, maybe it'd be more of a developmental type, but I think edge is still a need. So one offensive tackle two DB three edge four. So we got, is it linebacker or a tight end first? Tight end. Tight end four, linebacker five. Do you like any
1: tight end after George Kittle? Like,
0: where it's like, I like this guy. You should, it's such a, and we saw the 49ers do it last off. And
1: Kittle misses games.
0: If all you need is a second tight end, you should be able to get that guy in June if you need to. So it's like, yes, it's a need, but it's also like, how many resources are you going to put into the backup tight end? You know what I mean? Like they're important and they need to be on the field, but it's behind a lot of stuff for me. I wouldn't look at it as I'm drafting and it's a tie. If it's a tie between an edge and a a tight end who's going to be a backup, I'm going to take the edge. If it's a tie between a wide receiver and a tight end who's a backup tight end, I'm going to take the wide receiver. So, like, it's going to lose a tie to a lot of positions if you're just drafting for a backup tight end. It's important, but you can find a veteran player that can play for you there at that position. So that's why it's hard for me to put that super high even though I think the 49ers are going to attack that and they need to attack it in the draft. And maybe I, I wouldn't I
1: wouldn't look at it as drafting a tight end to a backup tight end. Right? I wouldn't look at it. Like, oh I want a backup tight end. I, I look at it as can I have somebody that complements George Kittle and enhances some of the things that we want to do with two tight end sets? Because essentially almost like a nickel back it's almost like a starting position especially in the offense that uses a lot of that type of stuff right like like they want to do two tight end stuff like when Jordan Matthews was on the 49 like they wanted to do Jordan Matthews and George Kittle things on the field at the same time. Unfortunately they just both kept getting hurt at this either at the same time or like one guy's hurt and then the other guy can play. So that was that was more the issue. But I think you would like to have it to where man we, we got George Kittle and then this other guy who can like really play.
0: Yeah, and when George Kittle comes out, that tight end 2 becomes tight end 1.
1: Okay.
0: Uh and look, hey, let's just let's play this out. What if the 49ers got better tight end 2 play on one specific play this season. <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles, do they win the Super Bowl with a better tight end 2?
1: Right? They probably win the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> so, maybe tight end 2 is that important, especially if Kyle Shanahan is going to use this tight end 2 to block stud edge rushers um okay all right so tight end two four linebacker five so that's our top five offensive tackle already forgot uh yeah that could be corner or safety so it's kind of like two and one there it could be both um edge tight end linebacker niners don't have a kicker yet so what do you do with kicker is that just like find a kicker when you can or does kicker jump up to the top of the list because they don't have one? Like all the other spots, they got starters. They don't have a starting kicker.
1: You you, you need a kicker. And again, we've seen just these old veteran kickers that come to the 49ers and they do well. We saw with Ned, Nedney. We saw with Akers. We saw with Robbie Gold. Can they strike gold again yeah. and get an old aging guy who's just a good kicker and have them compete with a late round pick?
0: A great stat here from our buddy Jordan Elliott at Splash Cousin on Twitter does work with Niners Nation. There have been 17 kickers selected in the NFL draft over the last 10 seasons. 17 kickers. Only one got a second contract from the team that drafted them.
1: Mm, scary.
0: So if kickers are well, not
1: scary, just don't draft them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you can, but don't be spending one of those third round picks on a kicker. And like draft a kicker to compete with the guy that you sign in free agency.
1: Yeah.
0: That, that, that is a lot cheaper apparently than, than Robbie Gold. If that's the way you have to go, or just bring Gold back. But draft a guy and see if he is a guy. Cause so you shouldn't just give up on it, but don't go crazy. But I have a feeling the 49ers and be like, ah, just like they did with Punter. Well, we're going in the draft. We need this. So we're going to force it, you know, sooner than, than we probably should. I have a feeling the Niners might do that, but I would put kicker at six and I would hope that they have a veteran kicker in before the draft. So they don't have to force that need higher than six and ahead of those other needs on the list for the 49ers. So that's where I am it.
1: Sometimes they just uh, want their guy.
0: Oh, thank you everybody for jumping in on this lockdown 49ers live edition updating team needs here as we've hit the, the 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 biggest portion of free agency. It's wild how early it happens. We're only a day into the new league year, and it feels like so much has been done already for every team in the NFL over the course of this week. Croc and I will of course be back with you tomorrow. Thanks for making us your first listen. For your second listen, check out the new. Locked on NFL scouting with the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, the hosts of Locked on Dolphins and Locked on Bills, respectively, formerly of the draft network. They know their stuff when it comes to prospects and scouting, and they'll be talking about free agency and the draft and all the team building that goes on in the NFL every day right here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Check it out on YouTube and everywhere you find your podcast. Make sure you're also subscribed up to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show on the new YouTube channel for Peacock and Williamson as well. And, of course, Croc and I will be back with you next week, and we'll see if there's some new signings, see if the 49ers have any more tricks up their sleeves and some more surprising ways to make a splash this offseason and dig it into more draft prospects as well all offseason long. Right here, Locked on 49ers.